The Coffee People podcast is presented by Rostar Coffee Packaging. Rostar is the digital printing company that makes custom printed packaging for coffee products. They create packaging that make even small roasters look like a really big deal. At Rostar.com, you'll find out about their fast turnaround time, high quality product, and low printing minimums. It's what separates them from the rest of the industry. Rostar will quickly become your favorite source for custom American-made product packaging. They work with small, mid, and large coffee roasters. So if you're ready to upgrade your coffee packaging, go to Rostar.com to learn more and connect with the team. Link in this podcast's show notes. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Coffee People podcast, which is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network and is presented by Roastar Coffee Packaging. If you roast great coffee, you want to showcase it in a great-looking package. Go to Roastar.com to learn more. I'm Ryan Wolt, and this is the Coffee Podcast, where we meet interesting people from all corners of the coffee industry. Today, I'm chatting with Katie Zappa. She's a production roaster from Ruby Colorful Coffees in Nelsonville, Wisconsin. I was really excited about this chat because I'm a bit of a homer for Ruby Coffees. They're from near my hometown in Wisconsin, and if you and I were to meet randomly on the street somewhere, there's a 90% chance I'm wearing a well-worn Ruby camp-style ball cap. I was wearing it when I recently stopped for a cup of coffee at their cafe in Stevens Point. While you're listening today, you can head to rubycoffeeroasters.com to see all the coffee they're currently offering. I warn you, it is a lot. And then head to at rubyroasters on Instagram, where you'll see Katie describing those very coffees. As for me, I'm ready to drink one. I'm struggling my way through perfecting the Kalita Wave this week. I mentioned that on the last show. So I hope today's a bit better than yesterday's. And wherever you are, I hope you have a full mug of the liquid darkness as well, because it is time for this Coffee People conversation with Katie Zappa, production roaster at Ruby Colorful Coffees. Would you mind introducing yourself for everyone listening? Name, job title, who you work for, and... Uh, Perhaps like your favorite guilty pleasure movie or TV show. Ooh, okay. My name is Katie Zappa. I'm the production roaster at Ruby Coffee Roasters in Nelsonville, Wisconsin. Oh, my favorite guilty pleasure movie is probably Blade Runner. Blade Runner? The original or the new one? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen the original. Uh, I've always thought I, I should watch it. it. Actually, qualifies as a guilty pleasure because it's a great movie. But I, I think anything <laughs> you watch regularly, over and over again, uh, counts. Could you describe for us what a production roaster does, so people listening have that context while we're chatting? Sure. And my primary responsibility is our day-to-day roasting. So, I mean, that's that's the gist of it. I think. <laughs> figuring out what we're roasting for the day, um, weighing out batches and carrying out the actual 
roasting duties, cleaning up at the end. And then I also have a role in, well, I'm not sure how it works in other roasteries, but here at Ruby, we're really like collaborative. So our roasting team is also our QC team and sourcing team. So I also have responsibilities in QC and sourcing as well. People that listen to this show know that I am from Wisconsin. I was actually just at the Ruby Cafe in Stevens mm-hmm. Point like a few days ago before driving back. And I'm wearing a Ruby hat right now. So I'm yeah. obviously a fan <laughs> of the brand. I almost replaced it, but this one is so worn out and worn in. It's it's it's, yeah. it's like it's this perfect spot right now. I think you are also from Wisconsin. I'm wondering a little bit more about your background. You know, where, what were you doing before you got into coffee? And did you have like a first, do you have a first memory of coffee that kind of stuck out to you? I, I was trying to think about this. Like I wasn't really that into coffee. It was something that I definitely like starting in college, I drank coffee every day, but I wasn't like, Specialty coffee was something that happened like within the last (laughs) four years or so that I started realizing that there's this whole other whole world of coffee that is a little more interesting. But my background has been from college and on has mostly been in farming and sustainability. I do, my partner and I also have a organic, we're not certified, but a vegetable farm Before I started working at Ruby, I was farming for five years on a CSA farm in southern Wisconsin. And then when the pandemic hit, that farm went out of business like like shortly before then. And I came back, came back up north and ended up just getting a temporary job. And we decided to start a farm. And I found a part-time job working in production at Ruby. Um, so I was filling bags and shipping out boxes, and I was a very different entry into specialty coffee than I think a lot of people probably have, <laughs> at least who end up roasting. Well, you've got to start in that coffee world somewhere. I think a lot of people fall into things by accident. Did you grow mm-hmm. up on a farm, if, I mean, in Wisconsin? No, I didn't. How did you get into that kind of interest in food and, and growing food in particular? Well, so I, I studied architecture in college, so I have a degree in, arch- in design and architecture. And then while I was working on an ecological design certificate, we had some like regenerative farming and permaculture classes. And then I started working for um, a local like market gardener, and I just fell in love with <laughs> growing vegetables and since college, I've worked in restaurants and mostly like farm to table focused restaurants. And so that's always kind of been important to me. How did you transition from kind of the filling bags and doing the work, you know, just that that you get when you start at a coffee company into being either interested in roasting or being asked to step in and fill a role? Well, it was very unexpected. <laughs> Um, I went from, you know, working part-time in on the production side, and then we had some shifts in our roasting team. So the head roaster was moving on. The production roaster at the time moved into the head roaster role, and Jared, the owner of Ruby, asked if I would be interested in a roasting job, <laughs> 
which I hadn't been considering. It wasn't something that I knew I was even interested in or even had like the skills for, which in hindsight was totally not right because being in like a culinary world and just, yeah, like my partner is a chef. I have so many chef friends, like, and we just surrounded by flavor and, (laughs) you know, like it was a huge part of my world. So it was surprising to me to step into like tasting coffee and cupping and it being such a easy transition, but probably shouldn't have been so surprising. (laughs) I always think it's easier for other people to see Uh, maybe what we might be good at or what our potential is than ourselves, because we Mm -hmm. have this vision of ourselves of who we're supposed to be. And Mm -hmm. they don't, they just kind of see what's happening in front of them. Not everyone, but you know, a a good, I think a a really good boss sets himself apart by identifying people that would be good in a role. Mm -hmm. Ruby coffee, Ruby roasters is based in a relatively small town. I think only a couple hundred people. The Mm -hmm. cafe I mentioned is in Stevens point, which is a college town, a little bit bigger how does that impact the the brand? The brand is fairly well known. I have to say, like if I wear this hat to an industry event, everyone asks about it. They mm-hmm. say, oh, you know Ruby? And I, yep, of course I do. They're right by my house uh, back home. How does being in a small community impact the business or impact what you're doing? Do you, do you feel that, that you are part of a community? So I think especially from an industry perspective, it's, really interesting to be in a small town in central Wisconsin. There's like other roasters, but they're not nearby. We're like kind of, it feels like we're on our own here and we don't get, I feel like if you were at a roaster in a bigger city, you would have more exposure to other people in the industry or be out and able to like try more coffees from other roasters. And we're really, um, it feels like we're on our own (laughs) in a lot of ways, which I think has been a a pretty, it's a really good thing in some ways. And like, we don't have, I guess, a lot of influence. I was going to ask, what is the benefit of being, you know, an island, so to speak? Yeah. So we have like, we have our, framework and our sourcing and roasting styles that make ruby coffee what it is and like both emily our lead roaster and i have never worked at any other roastery you know i have really only interacted with one other roaster in the few years that i've (laughs) been here and so like we have this these ideas and values of what ruby is and we're able to really stick to that and we have like this framework of roasting style that Jared has set up and passed along the roasters that he's hired. We're just able to really stick to that and um, work within that while, and not try to like bring us certain, like bring a personal flair or like style to something because this is what we know. And I think that is reflective in a way of like being in a small town in central Wisconsin, just, you know, it feels really grounded in where we are. I think that's an interesting comment, the grounded part and and the idea that you don't have a lot of outside influences. Not, I mean, we live in an era where we can look things up, but actually being mm-hmm. in a, somebody's space is different than seeing it online, right? Yeah. 
speaking of which, I think it's like 100 degrees there today. Is that not? Uh, did I not see that? It seems um, crazy hot for Wisconsin. We ended up getting some <laughs> storms this morning and oh, that nice. helped cool it off, but it's pretty muggy. Yesterday was 100 and tomorrow is also supposed to be. Oh, summer <laughs> in Wisconsin. I love it. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit about how you guys have this strategy, this this view of what a Ruby coffee should be. You know, That's what you're working towards. I wonder if you can speak to that just a little bit about what the strategy is with the roasting team and like what it's like for you, since you don't have a lot of outside influence, you really have to kind of be working with each other and supportive of each other. I would imagine that makes it easier in some ways because you get to know each other really well, but maybe more challenging because how do you deviate if you feel like, hey, this is something important? That's a really big question. I'll go back to like kind of how how you guys strategize and what the philosophy is around the coffees that you're serving. Yeah. Well, I think that it starts with sourcing coffees from with a like emphasis on relationships and producers that we've worked with since like a lot of them we've been working with since Jared founded the company. So we're working with coffees that come from similar or similar lots or similar regions. And I think like So Ruby, our motto is colorful coffees. And what we try to do is have really exemplary coffees that showcase the best characteristics from the locations or from the origins and the producers that they're coming from, but that are also really approachable. Um, So each one is like, is an individual experience, but also can be enjoyed by people who aren't necessarily like coffee nerds or, or just like really into strange processes or (laughs) so every, I mean, we really like have a certain, like certain cup characteristics that we're looking for. And we have a pretty strict roasting system. We have profiles that have been set up and that we work from with each new coffee that's really i mean it's really great because we have this framework and they're all like really good references to work from they're they work and we also know that the coffees that we're getting are going to be good with like different variations in the roast you were saying we collaborate a lot we work together a lot emily And I are both, I mean, at this point, like I've been roasting for a year and a half and she's got a year longer um, than I do. And I learned pretty much everything I know from her. She learned from the person (laughs) before her. So like all of these, like we know how to work with our profiles, like, and how to use them to bring out the best in each coffee I feel like recently we've um, kind of hit this wall where we're using all of the information that has been like taught to us and we are now like kind of branching out and learning more and like teaching each other, kind of allowing ourselves to be, to take a few more risks, to be a little bit, not experimental because everything is intentional and we're making tweaks to the roasts for a reason, but we're feeling more comfortable and like confident in 
adjusting some of our profiles and achieving better roasts. Do you think that, uh, and sorry to interrupt, but do you think mm-hmm. that comes with trust in each other and believing that there's trust from the leadership at Ruby in you? Do you think that's part of that? Absolutely. Yeah. I find that Ruby seems to be very prolific to me. I mean, you you make it sound like it's just very step-by-step and very simple, but I mean, I think you have like a dozen different coffees on your site right now. And when I'm in the shop, mm-hmm. there's always stuff from way more sources than I see in a lot of other roasters that focus on one or two or three. And so I know that it's more than just like, oh, you know, A, B, C, D. You mentioned that you are kind of branching out and I'm wondering if there's a direction that you're looking to go or you're saying, here's the coffee we have. Let's see what it can tell us. Yeah, I think we're still working within the the values and the um, like the colorful coffees, the approachable coffees that we that make Ruby Ruby, but like really trying to to get the best out of each new coffee. So even if it's something that we have had before, I mean, each lot, each year, each crop is a little bit different. And so we're taking a lot of measurements, getting kind of scientific about it with um, moisture and density and all of those measurements and then using that information to do different trial roasts and it's more of like not trying to change the direction of the coffees but really using the information that we have to make it the best possible roast and not necessarily just trying to repeat the exact same roast that we've been doing. Does that make sense? (laughs) Oh yeah, I get it. I'm also thinking of the central Wisconsin that I grew up in and maybe the desire for consistency. I want my coffee to be the same every day for my whole life uh, before Mm -hmm. I go to work. And so there's some risk in that. I mean, you didn't say that, but in a community where that consistency is, people take pride in that. And as a farm, can you you strive on consistent. That's like the best is to have consistent weather, consistent crop, you know, all that stuff. So I'm wondering with your background in food and agriculture and you're running, you know, a farm in an organic manner now, a small, how do you feel about the sustainability efforts in coffee and in this current moment where we're going through kind of an extreme summer, which seems like it'll be the first of many that we experience in the next several years? Do you see a future in which coffee, especially coffee at origin, has to change? Or do you see that impacting your ability to source coffees the way you have been? Um, that's a really good question. And I feel like you can, like everywhere, there's so much doom and gloom around like climate change and coffee. And it's like kind of hard not to feel like, it's, it's just going to become impossible to get good coffee in the future, which, I mean, I guess I don't see it that way at all. Um, <laughs> partly because like a lot of, especially like specialty coffee is coming from small, like small holder farms. These farmers, these producers are, they have a lot of ingenuity and they have a lot of like will to adapt to what's happening like at 
in the location that they're in. And I can see how at a large scale, like it's really going to impact a lot of the large scale farms, but at a smaller scale, people have the ability to change what they're doing. They they have the ability to like look at what's growing the best in their little microclimate and select their own coffee trees and like improve, be constantly improving what they're doing. And I think having like roasters that recognize that and are looking for producers that are doing that, I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth on small farms. And I don't, I don't know a lot about it, (laughs) Um, but I just, I feel like I'm probably a little more optimistic, you know, seeing even seeing how small vegetable farmers in Wisconsin can adapt to the way the weather affects their their growing conditions versus the larger farms that you know have a lot a lot challenging. Um, I think that that opinion carries a little more weight because I know that you are actually growing things and having to probably do some of that on your own. One thing I noticed when I was home recently was the corn crops were significantly shorter than I remember in the past for the summers. And, but also knowing that all the farmers that I know or that are in my family or in my life are very ingenuitive. It's not acceptable to just say, Oh, well, this isn't working. I'm just going to stop for the day. That's just Mm -hmm. not how a farm works. So I like that you are optimistic about it because frankly, I definitely lean a little doom and gloom when it comes to climate. And I think it's easier to fall into that because it's constantly being reinforced. So I'm feeling good today that you gave me something positive to think about. You didn't necessarily start at Ruby to be a roaster. I don't, I'm guessing because it was the beginning of the pandemic, you weren't thinking like, this is my future and you have the small farm, but do you see coffee playing a role uh, going forward for you for the long haul? And I shouldn't, maybe that's not a fair question, but do you see yourself continuing down this path uh, with coffee? Yes, absolutely. I have been, I like fully enjoy almost like all the aspects of what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, And I'm really excited for like, for the possibilities for the future at Ruby. The farm will continue. Like it definitely flip-flopped from like, wanting to farm full-time and have a part-time job to like wanting to do coffee full-time and I will help on the farm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really, I really love it. And I, I think that there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of room for growth for me, especially as Ruby is growing. Yeah. I'm really excited about well, what's something that has challenged you then over the last couple of years as you've been learning? Is there something that you kind of learned that you thought, oh, I would have never thought that about coffee or some sort of lesson that maybe surprised you? Well. And you can say no. <laughs> You're like, no, I yeah, knew everything I, from the beginning. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm learning new things like almost, I mean, all the time. It's just like, it's been really challenging for me personally as like a person who I tend to like, well, I used to tend to hold on to things like, and with roasting, you know, something happens that that doesn't go the way you want. Like you just kind of have to let it go. I've gotten a lot better at letting go, learning from it and moving on. And 
I guess, approaching, approaching things with confidence, like, yeah. You are uh, somewhat social media famous. You talk about coffee on the Ruby Coffee Roasters Instagram, which has like 25,000 followers. Being part of a small business, was it just like, hey, we've all got to do these things? Or was that something that you kind of wanted to do to help share information about the coffees you're producing? Both. It was definitely <laughs> like we were asked to do it and, you know, we <laughs> we agreed to because it is like we all kind of have to play that part. Um, and at the same time, like, so I went on my first origin trip this spring. I went to Costa Rica and we were there for a week and we toured a bunch of farms and I came back and I was like, I just want to talk to everyone about coffee. I want to like, I want to show everyone like how this happens, like at the ground level and where this, these coffees come from and all of these like beautiful people and places that are like the real stars of this coffee. <laughs> and I think that that kind of me just like being so excited about it and enthusiastic about like like coffee education and just like how do we get people to really feel connected to where coffee their coffee is coming from and that kind of so I feel like I kind of put that on myself a little bit with you know what wasn't the way that I would have wanted to <laughs> put myself out there but it's fine it's I'm trying to embrace it You've got Costa Rica down. Do you have kind of like in your mind, this is where I'd really like to go visit Origin uh, as your next Origin trip? I assume that won't be the last. I hope not. <laughs> um, I don't everywhere. There's, <laughs> I mean, the the variety of like the scales of the farms that we visited, the different like processing setups. There's like such, there was such a great variety in this tiny country that we visited. There's just like so much out there. Like I would love to go to Colombia. I would love to go to Peru, love to go to Kenya, like to Africa, Indonesia. I mean, like anywhere, send me anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) If you are out driving around, uh, you've had a hard day, a hard morning at the farm on a weekend and you stop to get a cup of coffee somewhere. What do you order for yourself? That's a good question. I depends where I am, I suppose. Here, like we have, I pretty much only drink Ruby, but I guess if I'm, if I have options that would be something different that we don't normally have at Ruby, like I'm pretty inclined to order like an anaerobic coffee if there's one available or yeah, anaerobic naturals, just to try different things and see some of the processes and things that we don't see very much at Ruby. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that you wanted to share about Ruby Coffee, uh, Ruby's coffee program, or about yourself? Oh, I don't know. I guess we <laughs> <laughs> covered a lot. If somebody were coming to visit Ruby Coffee, and they had a chance to meet you at the Ruby Cafe and say in Stevens Point, what would you tell them that they should order from the shop? Oh, um, 
And I think Hannah is the manager there. She's going to judge you. She's going to listen to this and say, (laughs) what did Katie say? Well, I know they do a really great job with a lot of their drink specials. Um, They have like a um, honey latte or lavender. I think they had a lavender latte. Like they make really nice special drinks that especially on these hot days, like Definitely try one of those um, or the maple latte, iced maple latte. Sounds really good. <laughs> that is a good one. And then you can take that and walk across the street and step right into the river because it's yes. so hot out. Yeah. Katie, I really appreciate you kind of putting yourself out there, taking some time to chat with me this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a homer for your roastery. So and the coffee that you're, you're making, uh, it's regularly at my house. So uh, thank you for doing that and also being excited to learn. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed talking with you. Okay, some key takeaways. Generally speaking, a production roaster is the person, or one of the persons, who are performing the routine daily roasting operations. They're producing the coffees that end up in the bag at the direction of a head roaster or a management team. Often, especially in a small roastery, there's a lot of overlapping job duties. A production roaster will often be involved in cupping and quality control, or creating a roasting schedule. In Katie's case, she's also collaborating with her fellow roasters to share coffee education and tasting notes on the Ruby social media accounts. Katie mentioned that prior to Ruby, she worked at a CSA farm. CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. It's kind of like a direct purchase network between me and you and the farmer. I buy a CSA produce box from Yasukochi Farms here in San Diego County. They put together a box of produce that they grow and supplement from other nearby local farms. And then they deliver it to my house or let me pick it up at the nearby farmer's market. It is always way more food than we can possibly eat for less money than we'd spend at the grocery. And the neighbors all love delivery days because we often share what we know we won't get through. Katie started at Ruby as a general production worker. Think filling bags with beans and packaging product for shipping. She has since moved up into a production roaster role. The Ruby roasting location is in Nelsonville, Wisconsin. It's a fairly small farming community. The location forces the roasting team into a little bit of a bubble but it also allows them to shut out some of the industry noise and focus on doing what they do with the coffee, which includes working within the systems they've created, which enables them to reach a form of consistency despite working with a continually changing agricultural product. The roasting knowledge is passed down internally from roaster to roaster. Then from within that system comes freedom to find creativity in the coffee. As for Katie, she's optimistic about the future. Despite the doom and gloom surrounding our current warming climate, in her version of the future, being small and nimble is an advantage at the farm level, which I found to be a fairly refreshing take, because it is hard not to get caught up in all of that fear and all of that bad news about climate change. I really appreciate that Katie made me feel a little bit more optimistic today. And I thank her for taking some time to step outside of her comfort zone to appear on this show, and to Ruby for representing Wisconsin in the coffee industry. You can find all of the important links to Ruby Colorful Coffees in this podcast's show notes or in the newsletter found at roastwestcoast.com. 
While you're there, sign up so I can send this show to you every time it drops, and then you won't miss any interviews or Coffee Smarter Education pods. Thank you to everyone who does. This show continues to be free, and exist, because listeners and readers sign up for the free and paid versions of the newsletter. And the support of our sponsors. Great sponsors, like Roastar Coffee Packaging. Our presenting sponsor prints coffee packaging, and they focus on building relationships with coffee brands. You can learn more at roastart.com. Our other coffee industry partners all deserve a virtual high five. They include Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, San Franciscan Roaster Company, Crossings Coffee, Ascento Coffee Roasters, Camp Coffee Company, Civets Roasting Machines, First Light Coffee Whiskey, Hosea Coffee Source, and Coffee Cycle Roasting. Chris O'Brien, the owner and head roaster of Coffee Cycle Roasting, is my collaborator and coffee expert on the Coffee Smarter Podcast. If you're trying to brew a better cup of coffee at home, you should be listening to that show. Find it wherever you're listening to this one, the Coffee People Podcast, which is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network. This episode is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope that this episode of Coffee People found you with a full cup of coffee, and I thank you for tipping your baristas and for always being sure to drink good coffee.